0: listening to Moody Radio 89.3 and this is Mornings with Eric and Bridget
1: Unfolding Word is a ministry that's imagining a world where the global church has expanded to every people group so that everyone in the world has its reach to it, God's Word, and the gospel. They are working towards that end, and we're going to hear more about it with President and CEO David Reeves, who's a passionate leader who's leveraging technology and people to bring God's Word to everyone on earth. David, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here today.
0: Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Tell us more about your organization, its scope, where it's working, and how it's working. Well, Unfolding Word is
2: unique in the sense that we specifically focus on empowering churches and church networks to be able to do Bible translation themselves. And I say unique, uh, that doesn't put us contrary to our partners. We're good partners with Wycliffe, Biblica, and others. And we work alongside them, but they ran out of the capacity to meet the demand. I mean, that's quite amazing. You've got churches just about everywhere. You know, may not have a visible building above ground; it may be underground and house churches and difficult places. But these churches are saying, "We want, we need a Bible in our heart language and our language, so we can make you know help disciple people, help them grow to maturity." And no one's coming. In you know, some cases, they can't come. some cases, there's not a capacity to come. And so what we decided, well, what, what if we've repositioned this whole thing so that we would be able to empower them? Good processes that lead to great outcomes with tools and resources and training that allow them to be able to do it. And we've demonstrated that can be done in multiple countries around the world.
1: But even you mentioned that in some of these places, it's underground churches, right? Because there's hostility towards the gospel. I don't know how much you can share about your work in some of those difficult regions. What's that like?
2: Well, I I won't mention names, but I can mention some of the locations, you know, like Iran, uh, Sudan. Right now we've got work going on there, even in the midst of the war. Uh, places, uh, we actually have partners who were former Al-Qaeda, a Taliban terrorists, and now love Jesus, and they want to be able to translate the Bible for their people. So how are they going to do this? They can't come to the U.S. and go to seminary and become a Bible translator, and we can't go to their countries, places you know, like Afghanistan, Yemen, um, many of the Middle East countries, so we had to find a way to be able to empower them to have the tools so they know they had quality Bible translation. And that was the pivot that we made in the Bible translation world. How do we empower the church to be able to do this
0: themselves? How does that work, though? Because, you know, you hear about, OK, the Bible's been translated into whatever language it is. Uh, now we've got a box of Bibles and we're there and we're delivering. And everybody's smiling and happy as we pass out Bibles to these. You can't do that in those countries. So what actually happens to the translation once it occurs?
2: Well, what, uh, the process itself gives a lot of vibrant activity and use. It's not a, you know, one and done, you print the Bible and you deliver it sort of thing. Uh, for example, in Sudan, there's translating scripture portions at the moment, about to move into translating books of the Bible, but there'll be specific portions that help them in their theological formation. And they're using, you know, they'll translate it during the week when they've got it ready for use. They'll be preaching it in Sunday. And the house church networks, are in the, you know, or if they have an above ground building, they're in there. They're using the text as they go along. Often that ends up just being digital form. You know, you can do it in apps nowadays. A lot of stuff actually begins in digital form when it's finally finished and polished, and everything's there. You've got a verse, you know, representing every verse of the original text, and everyone's uh, uh, confident they have things correct then they'll go to print with it. But in the meantime, it's being used in digital form uh, daily or weekly.
1: Mm. Yeah, and uh, just in- it's interesting because for so many of us, we'll never go to some of these places that you're talking about or even meet those believers this side of heaven, but yet you're actively involved. in how does the technology aspect come into it? What are some of those uh, key technology developments that are helping you do this work?
2: One of them was the process of just checking itself. We realized that that drafting is fairly easy. You can get enough people into the room and you can draft a text. But how do you know it's actually accurate? How do you know that it actually represents everything in the original text? Well, and particularly when you don't know Greek and Hebrew, how is that going to be done? So we developed some software tools, one's called Translation Core. We have a suite of them, but I'll give you one example that actually has A text, they, uh, of a language that, a wider communication they actually understand. Let's say you're in the Middle East and it's Arabic. The Arabic is aligned to the Greek and Hebrew, so every verse, every jot and tittle is represented in what they can see in front of them in Arabic. As they work on their text, now they have a software tool that goes and helps them check every idiom, metaphor, every key term, every single one of those is literally a software tool that walks them through that checklist. So what is, you? here's a metaphor, how did you translate that into your language and culture? Here's a key term. How are you, know, you? Can being consistent handling that out through the tech So the software tools? Many we do this on our own, you know, our laptops and computers. and We have tools that help augment our work, uh, catch things you misspellings or grammar or things like that. Software tools, some machine learning behind it, helps uh, supplement their uh, work and gives them confidence they haven't missed anything. There's a verse. There's not a jot or tittle missing from what was in the original text.
0: You know, you mentioned it a little earlier. One of the more encouraging things I've heard in years was when I was listening to someone speak about partnership and how Bible translation was going to take over 100 years, I guess, to to translate the Bible into every language. But then all these groups got together and said, you know what, we have, if we work together instead of trying to do our own thing, we could really whittle this down to not over a hundred years, but to less than twenty years or something like that, it was really ridiculous how just working together in these partnerships that would be formed with these different ministry organizations. Uh, yours is one of those. How how is this partnership with other organizations creating really this great um, uh, synergy? Right? Yeah, it's, synergy to get yeah. the Bible translated in, in such a quicker season than when it was first originated.
2: Well, the task is massive, and that was obvious to everyone. Is about early 2020. There's a group. i should, sorry, I'll back up here even further. There's a group called Illuminations, which we're part of. It had the 10 largest Bible translation organizations in the world. Many of the brands uh, you would recognize, like American Bible Society, Wycliffe, Seed Company. Uh, of United Bible Societies, big names and all. But in 2020, they as they were sitting around talking about, you know, this is, looks like it's going to take another 150 years. We do not have the capacity to be able to meet the demand or to finish this task. The objective was by the year 2033 to end Bible poverty, to have – everyone to have access to at least some scriptures in all languages around the world. Now for some scriptures, that means very small languages would have 25 chapters. You move into 5,000 to 50,000, you'd have a New Testament. And above that, you'd have a whole Bible. So amongst all these people groups, they said, we just can't do this. We were then asked if we would come to the table and bring what's, what's called the emerging space, not the established traditional and historical tried and true You know it works, it works consistently over and over again, but it ran out of scale. So then they asked us, could you bring what you do to the table? We joined them in 2021. I was literally just in the meeting yesterday with these CEOs sitting next to me with uh, the president of Wycliffe and ABS and uh, all these other organizations talking about the strategy, how we're gonna, how, might we end Bible poverty by 2033? So we're looking at nine years now as a target. And we're all, there's a lot of encouraging signs that this is quite possible and working in partnership because no one of us has the capacity to do all of it. And each of us brings something unique to the table. In our case, we bring massive church planning networks by the millions to the table, a huge global workforce that is motivated and wants to do Bible translation. They just need some help in the process.
1: Well, I'm at your website, which we have linked, by the way, at ericandbridget.org, so our friends who are listening can find out more about Unfolding Word. And at the bottom of one of your pages here, I see stories from the field. And I just wondered if there is a personal story of yours that's that you just remember as you think about the impact and what God is really doing through this ministry. Is there a story that comes to mind?
2: Oh, there are many. I can tell you many, Jill. (laughs) I I was just in Chad last week. So I'll tell you a story, though, about a neighboring country in Sudan. I was there in 2021 uh, before the current war in Khartoum. I need to be careful. I can't mention names and people groups here. But there was a people group there, according to Joshua Project, because there's a website that lists uh, unreached people groups and kind of the status of church planning, what's going on in the world. That website said, there are no believers in this people group. There's none, none known at all. Yet in the room there were two believers, and they knew believers. They only been in Christ maybe six months to a year, and there were at least four more. Now, that was in April of 2021. Our partnership with this church planning network, this uh, very vibrant church planning network that works in Sudan and South Sudan and you know, actively involved through all those networks there that that partnership has led from me seeing knowing of just six believers to now there are more than 200 in that people group who so now because we we're involved in the process of having translating scriptures who could share it with their brothers and sisters in christ in the midst of a war and minister that to them there's known 200 we expect there's probably more than that now it's harder to get information out of the war context but seeing the power Of the word in people's lives and people being able to use this in heart languages, people groups that were hardened and heart, you know, basically closed off to the gospel because there's no way to speak to their heart. It was a foreign, outside God to them. In fact, in this case, uh, coming from a language community that was actually their oppressor. And so unwelcomed in their community. Now they know there's a Jesus who loves them and cares for them and their family and walks with them in their hurt and difficulties.
0: Mm. Unfolding Word, their website, again, listed at ericandbridget.org. We haven't even talked about it. You've got hundreds of illustrations there that are just really amazing, uh, and pictures that I'm assuming people can use if they'd like to also, right?
2: Yes, those. Uh, one of the things that's key to the way we do Bible translation is everything we do, we release into the Creative Commons with attribution share alike. So basically, it means give attribution where it came from, but share it in the same way you got it, open and free. You don't have to come to us to get permission. And on our website is a library of sweet publishing images that were made available to us in partnership and the Creative Commons. Many uh, churches come there getting Sunday school materials because the, the library, you'll find it there illustrations you can use uh, with your children, the Sunday school materials and things like that. It's, um, we use it in our, our work, but it's also a resource that others can grab and uh, use in their work.
1: Yeah, illustrations from the book of Genesis and Deuteronomy and Joshua and these Bible stories we're so familiar with. You can find that at unfoldingword.org. Again, we've got a link to them at our website where you can find out about all that they're doing to bring God's word to every people group. David, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really exciting to hear about how God is on the move around the globe in ways we don't even realize. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share. It's
1: phenomenal opportunity going on, on the planet right now and we don't want to miss this moment.